The corporate trend back to working in the office has had a symbolic milestone. Zoom, the video conferencing company synonymous with working from home during the COVID-19 pandemic, recently announced a new don't work as much from home policy. If you live within 50 miles of a Zoom office, you'll be expected to work in that office at least two days a week under what Zoom calls a structured hybrid approach. The 50-mile rules reported to apply to about a third of Zoom's nearly 8,000 employees. Emma Goldberg covers the future of work for the New York Times, and this week she covered the future of working in the Zoom office. And Emma joins us now via Zoom. Emma Goldberg, welcome to Sunday Extra. Thanks for having me on. Emma, what's the reaction of the Zoom staff been to this new work more in the office policy? There's been a lot of frustration. And when the CEO of Zoom announced this new policy um, during a Zoom There was a lot of tension and a lot of questions from employees who are frustrated by the idea that they're going to have to spend time and money commuting to the office when some of them feel that they've proven their ability to work from home. I think it's certainly a moment of irony. Some people have put it as even Zoom has Zoom fatigue (laughs) because Zoom is one of the many companies that has benefited from remote work. It's powered remote work, but now it has also, you know, tried to put some limits on remote work. Yeah, it's probably worth recapping the the history of Zoom in terms of its explosive growth, but also not so impressive performance more recently. What's that meant in terms of the, the size of the Zoom workforce and its habits? Well, look, the pandemic made Zoom a household name. I think, I, you know, I spoke to employees who said before the pandemic, they would say they worked at Zoom and people would kind of give them this look like, what is that? <laughs> and then during the pandemic, Zoom became like a noun. It became a verb. It became a catchphrase. We're all just, you know, Zooming all day, every day. People have said like, you know, let's just Zoom. Yeah. Even if you're using a different platform, you still call it Zooming. <laughs> exactly. It really sort of captured the market in that way. And its revenue jumped up a lot. And the number of daily meeting participants that it was clocking jumped up from 10 million to 300 million. So in some ways, the pandemic and remote work were really good for Zoom. Uh, And that's also true of some other tech companies that benefited from remote work, like Slack, which is owned by Salesforce, or a lot of people use Gmail, which is part of the Google suite. So um, a lot of these companies were powering remote work. But it's also been a tough year in the tech industry, um, in part because of, you know, interest rates, mm-hmm. what some people are calling it's, it's the end of the easy money economy. And we've seen layoffs across a lot of tech companies, including Google and Amazon and, and also Zoom, which laid off about 15% of its staff or 1,300 people in February. And that was after the workforce had grown more than 275% between 2019 and 2022. And you mentioned that many employees feel that they are providing full benefit while working remotely, but that's not so much the perception from employers now, and it's a broader trend. What's the state of the research into the uh, efficacy of working from home, both for employees and for companies, Emma? Well, it's tough. You have employees on the one hand arguing that remote work has been really beneficial for their ability to balance their personal and professional lives. So for a lot of working parents, it's meant that they can take a break in the afternoon to do childcare and then return and do more work in the evening after their children go to bed. 
Um, it's also meant for some people that they can cut out the time that they used to spend commuting. And in a lot of cases, that time then goes back into their work. So some people have say that it's made them more productive. On the other side of the debate, there's research that shows that people might get less feedback on their work when they're working remotely. There's also some indication that it might even curb creativity um, if you're staring at a screen all day instead of interacting with people. And there's also signs that it limits the number of weak ties people have, which means, you know, the kind of loose relationships that people form in an office by bumping into people that could be really helpful for their careers. So there really is research on each side. What a lot of experts also say is that what companies might not always be saying, but might be sensing is that they are spending money on real estate. And so they want to make that worth their while. (laughs) Interesting. I was also interested in the fact that in their admittedly limited PR response to this news, Zoom has talked about working with an organization called Upflex, which is described as a hybrid workspace tech company, to provide local spaces where the staff who are still 100% remote can collaborate with colleagues and customers. So that's kind of like not working from home, but not working in the office either. What do you make of that suggestion? Well, I think a lot of companies are really trying to respond to what they may see as a sense of like isolation, disconnect, and also, you know, stagnation some people might be feeling when they work alone all the time. So there is some sense that Um, Maybe people are more productive when they're working from home, but I think some executives worry that they're not necessarily forming as many creative or free-flowing ideas. There really might be a benefit from being around other people during the workday. So I think some companies really are trying to find a balance and also trying to create opportunities for people to really nurture new ideas by being around other people. Emma, you mentioned that lurking behind all this discussion might be the economic realities of how much it costs to run an office. Are you seeing major firms downsize their footprint in terms of real estate in America at the moment or moving to cheaper locations? Um, it, it hasn't happened in the large wave so far. It's happened sort of in, in little bursts here and there. Um, for example, in New York, Spotify is trying to sublet some of its office space, which is at the World Trade Center site. Um, And they're a company that has allowed a lot of employees to choose whether they want to be coming into the office or working from home. Mm. Um, A lot of companies, they've signed pretty long-term leases. And so the moment when that would happen hasn't necessarily come yet. But you've also seen companies whose leases came up in the middle of the pandemic, and they took that as an opportunity to go permanently remote. Mm. So Yelp, for example, had its lease coming up for renewal in San Francisco, and they decided to cut that old lease and go fully remote. So they do still have some space that they're subletting, but they cut their old kind of sprawling grand office space. And what do you think are the most interesting developments in terms of employers and employees trying to deal with getting this balance right? Well, what some hybrid experts have said is that you don't necessarily need to require people to come back to the office. And instead, you can create kind of policies and programs that encourage it without actually putting down a firm mandate. So some companies are having certain social events in the office or days where they offer things like free meals. And those kind of serve as a social anchor because some people come in for those free meals and then other people come in because their friends are coming in. So there can be certain self-reinforcing return to office encouragement that doesn't go into the territory of requirement. 
That's interesting, yes, because Zoom's also been, I think, spruiking its new London office, which I've got to say from the pictures, looked like a pretty nice place to go into and work from. A lot of companies are also doing redesign efforts to just make their offices more inviting and also take this as an opportunity to rethink the way that they're using the space and make sure it's actually going to be a place that people want to spend time. I think the number one complaint you get from people is when they're asked to return to the office and then they end up spending all their time in the office sitting on Zoom with people who aren't there. (laughs) So companies are really trying to find ways to redesign spaces and create programs that encourage people to use the office as a way to spend time together and not just go in and then sit alone in their little silos in front of computers at their desks. Well, Emma, it's been a great pleasure speaking with you via Zoom about Zoom. Thanks very much for joining us on Sunday Extra. Thank you so much for having me. And Emma Goldberg covers the future of work for The New York Times. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.